Hey, I'm Chris Cooper. I took a 200-word blog and built a $25 million mentorship company from it. It wasn't easy, and I had to learn some huge and expensive lessons along the way. But now I'm sharing those lessons with other business coaches and mentors and high-level entrepreneurs in this podcast. Want to chat with me? Go to businessisgood.com and click join the movement. We'll see you there. When you started your company, you had to be a jack or a jill of all trades. You had to be pretty good at just about everything. You had to understand your books well enough to enter your sales every day, for example. You had to understand how to make your product by yourself because you were the only one there. You had to understand like how to set up a, a nice environment and clean your bathrooms and basically do everything. And you probably got to be okay at everything. Maybe you're like a C plus, maybe even a B plus at some stuff, but you're probably an A at the service that you're delivering. You know, so for example, one of my first businesses was a gym. I was probably an A trainer, or I sure thought I was, but I was like a D minus at keeping track of the books. And I was an F at cleaning and um, at scheduling, I was maybe like a B. You know, I just, I hated that kind of work. And at marketing, I was like a C minus, right? The reality here is that when you open a business, you're an entrepreneur and you have to become a generalist. You can't just be good at training people or cutting hair or driving cab. You have to learn these other skills and be kind of okay at them. However, when you hire your staff, what you're hiring are specialists. These are people who are very good at one thing. And if you look at any big company in the world, you'll see that specialists go to work for generalists. I'm Chris Cooper, this is Business Is Good, and today I'm gonna to tell you about hiring, when to look for specialists, and the trap that many people fall into of trying to replace themselves, a generalist on their staff. John Wooden's players had a higher shot percentage than anybody else. You're probably familiar with John Wooden, the famous basketball coach, but a lot of people ask like, why is that the case? Did, did John recruit the most accurate shooters? Did he create secret drills or teach a different hand position on the ball? Or did he run shooting practices for an extra three hours more than everybody else? Most of Wooden's players had higher shot completion rates than they did when they were in high school. They got better while he was coaching them. This is actually abnormal. Usually players become less accurate when they move to higher levels because the court becomes bigger and they have to shoot from farther away and the competition becomes more intense. But Wooden's players drained a higher percentage of shots in college than they did in high school. As John Maxwell told in his book, uh, John Wooden took a different approach to the way that most college basketball coaches uh, trained their, their players. What he did was he watched the players shoot and he noticed where they shot best. And then he stood the player in that spot and said, this is your spot. Shoot from here. I'm going to design plays to put you in this spot as often as I possibly can. So it wasn't about getting his players to do more reps. It was putting his players in the best position to take their best shot. True leadership isn't about making everybody pretty good at everything. A good leader will identify where people can succeed most often and he'll put them in that position whenever possible. So here's an example if you're a gym owner like me, you probably wear 12 different hats, right? If we broke them all down separately, here's what you're doing all day. And we gave each one a name, you'd be the account manager, the CrossFit coach, the personal trainer, the client success manager, the cleaner, the nutrition coach, whatever, right? You'd have 12 different hats and you're pretty good at most of them. Maybe you're really good at one or two. If you're not good at assigning these roles, breaking them down, read Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth. That'll 
help you a lot. But a good leader from there will identify the best person for each position. Instead of saying like, I'm gonna hire a coach who's also a good account manager and can clean, a good leader would say, I will hire somebody who's really good at cleaning and put them in the cleaning role. So for example, let's say that you're hiring for an account manager role. You want somebody that's in charge of like, billing your clients and booking their appointments and making sure that they show up. So the qualities of a good account manager are attention to detail, a rigorous review of records. They are very familiar with and good at spreadsheets. Uh, they have personal contact with every member. They have inside out knowledge of your booking and billing system. They have basic competence in bookkeeping. They have good competence in math. Um, they have a good skill of diplomacy, like they're, they're going to have to deal with people's money. They have to be tactful, right? And so maybe some more. It's not just enough to be good at math. The account manager has to be able to break bad news to people. However, the account manager does not have to be a good CrossFit coach to be a good account manager. And our job as business owners is to be generalists. It's to be pretty good at everything. You know, we could jump in and fill in a spot if we have to, but you don't want to be the best at anything as your company grows. You want to employ specialists. You might even be a specialist in one or two areas, like I said, coaching, for example, or cutting the hair or driving the cab. But in general, specialists work for generalists. You're definitely not the best at everything. So for example, I, I, man, I gave the example of like the account manager role. I am not the best person for the account manager role in my business. I'm good at math, I enjoy sorting data, but I don't really wanna learn how to use my billing system every time they roll out an update. And I don't wanna audit who's paid and who hasn't paid and who needs to be paid. I don't wanna to have to deal with members who owe money. So I don't, right? My account manager is better at that than I am. Likewise, I have a client success manager whose job is client relationships, making sure that they're being successful and staying on the track and getting good results. And that I take that off my plate too because I am not good at that. I'm not good at client relationships. So the person who holds that job of client success at my gym is better at it than I would be. When she calls them, they answer when uh, because they know she's going to smile on the phone. When they uh, get a call from her, they post about it on social media. They love to hear from it, right? They blush when she says, I'm proud of you, but they wouldn't even expect to hear that from me. Do I know how to dial a phone? Of course. Do I have time to make the calls? Sure, but I probably won't. I'll do other stuff, right? My coaches, my other staff, they won't do it either because they're busy with their specialty. Some of my other coaches would definitely be even worse at this than I am. They're not going to call a client and say, I'm proud of you. What are you going to accomplish next? So it's really critical as your business grows to understand that you're pretty good at everything. You're a generalist, but you're probably not going to hire to find or hire other generalists, you're going to have to hire specialists. And if you've got a small business, that means you've got a small specialty role. It's a mistake to try and group a whole bunch of these roles together and just assume somebody's gonna be good at it. So, you know, somebody will often contact me and be like, Chris, I need to hire somebody. And I say, okay, well, let's break down the roles and the tasks and like, what do you need this person to do? Well, I need them to be good at uh, taming giraffes and building websites and also making a five course meal. Now, obviously I'm exaggerating here, but Think about when you've gone out to hire somebody or even like you've got a staff internally and you're trying to create a full-time position for them and you've just lumped a bunch of things together. So maybe, you know, you're running a cab company and you've got a really great driver. 
and they want to be full time, but you've only got about 20 hours a week of cab driving to give them. And so you say, well, you know what? I need a dispatcher. I need a dispatcher another 20 hours a week. And the dispatch job means that you have to be like super organized. You have to be quick on the phone. You have to be able to quickly delegate, give very clear instructions the first time, okay? But the cab driver is not really good at that. So you put them in the dispatcher role and calls go unanswered and uh, cab drivers aren't getting clear directions and they're showing up at the wrong place or they're showing up at the wrong time and clients aren't getting picked up. And you you look at this cab, cab driver that you've put in the dispatcher role and you say, why are you so bad at this? And then they're getting frustrated because they know they're bad at it and you wind up losing a good cab driver because you put them in the wrong role. So you lose on, on both fronts. The real key here is to identify clearly the roles that you need. If you're a small company, hire people part-time or use an outsourcing service. You know, another great example of where people screw this up is they hire a VA and they think like this VA is going to be just good at everything. They're going to be generally okay. And they're going to do my social media and they're going to do my client onboarding calls and they're going to book client appointments too. Uh, maybe they'll even prepare my P&L for me every month. Sure. So now what you've got are like four pretty big skills that um, you're asking somebody, you're trying to find somebody who's pretty good at all of them, who also is available on your schedule and wants to work for 20 bucks an hour. Like you're just not going to find that person. You know, maybe you want somebody who can help you out with your media. And so you post like, well, you must be good at SEO keywords and you must be good at like editing and publishing uh, videos on YouTube. And you must be good at also taking transcripts and editing them because those are the three things that I need done. Well, now you're taking somebody who's probably worth $200,000 a year and you're asking them to work on demand for 20 bucks an hour. Like that's just not going to happen. Those are three very different skill sets, three very different specialists. What you need to be first in your business is a generalist, somebody who can show up at the last minute and fill in and do almost as well as the specialist could. When your business grows to the point where you can hire somebody, you should hire somebody who's better at their specific role than you are. Not perfect at everything. You're not going to find a unicorn but somebody who is better at sales than you are, better at cleaning than you are, and just give them that work. Don't try to, to cram a bunch more onto their plate just to give them a full-time job. We work in a gig economy now where you can find a specialist who will be very, very good at that one thing. And your job is not to do that thing anymore, but to find the people and connect them and to create the systems that allow them to work together and grow your company. This is a final note, but if you put staff in positions where they cannot be successful, they, that will be horrible for your morale, your retention, your job completion, and your culture. So for example, expecting everybody in the office to just like share cleaning duties or, or round robin uh, systems for sales, they don't work and they actually stop people from doing the thing that they're good at that they want to be successful at later. So you'll cut productivity, you'll downgrade results, you'll poison your morale and just destroy your culture. You need to put people in the position to take their best shot. I'm Chris Cooper. This is Business is Good. If you want to talk more about this, you can just click on, go to businessisgood.com, click join the community, and that'll take you to our free Facebook group where you can talk to other entrepreneurs about being a generalist, connect with other generalists, and hiring specialists and where you found them. Thanks for listening to Business is Good. If you'd like to chat about this episode or the blog posts or podcasts that I put on the Business is Good site, just go to businessisgood.com and click join the movement. We'll see you there.